You're listening to Comedy Central. March 29, 2018. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. My guest tonight, star of the NBC series Rise, Rosie Perez is joining us, everybody. But first, but first, breaking news. Kim Jong-un, the leader of North Korea, might be making some new friends. Breaking news. Historic development on the Korean Peninsula. North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un and South Korea's president will hold a summit next month. These two nations have only held talks twice since the Korean War. The South Korean president will meet with him next month. President Trump is hoping to meet with him in May. And now the Japanese are saying they're trying to reach out through different diplomatic channels. Kim Jong-un might feel like the prettiest girl at the high school dance. Oh, that's a one ugly-ass high school dance. <laughs> Woo! But this is good news for everyone. Kim Jong-un has gone from being a reclusive madman who is hell-bent on blowing up the world to a super social madman hell-bent on blowing up the world. This is good, this is good. And this announcement comes just a day after Kim made a secret trip to China for a summit with President Xi. Now, I say it was a secret trip, and they tried to keep it under wraps, but there was one tiny, giant clue. A mysterious train's visit to Beijing is fueling lots of speculation. A motorcade, heavy security, and near lockdown in downtown Beijing this morning, where a North Korean train unexpectedly pulled into the city last night. The distinctive green train is identical to the heavily armored one used to carry Kim Jong-un's father to Beijing eight years ago. It is pretty clear that someone very senior from North Korea is in Beijing. Is North Korea's Kim Jong-un in China? Oh, yes. <laughs> Who could have been traveling in Kim Jong-un's personal train? <laughs> this is like the most obvious mystery of all time. It's like needing Shazam to find out who's singing a 2 chains song. It's like, two chains! Uh, I wonder who sings this. I just said my name, two chains! I wonder if it's Jay-Z. No, I said it, two chains! I love how everyone is trying to figure out who is on Kim Jong-un's train. Like, just follow the tracks. They go back to his house. <laughs> Do they come from North Korea? Then it's him. Like, these are the same people who would be like, who's that old man riding on the Pope mobile? You get one guess, all right? Like, you can't be low-key if you're rolling in your own personal train. Like, it must be super hard for Kim Jong-un to cheat on his wife. Be like, baby, I swear, I was never there. I was like, oh, really? I had the train schedule. It says 7.15 to Denise's house. You're busted. Speaking of mad men in power, yesterday, President Trump tweets announced that he was appointing his White House uh, physician. Admiral Ronnie Jackson to be the new Secretary of Veteran Affairs. And uh, as with most Trump decisions, it seemed like this might be a very terrible bad idea. 
President Trump's pick to overtake the Veterans Affairs Department, raising some concerns. If you look at his resume, he has never managed anything significant. Some veterans groups already raising concerns about this nomination. So we are pleased with his medical background, but the healthcare side of the VA is really only one third of the VA. There's claims, there's appeals, we have an appeals backlog. What's your thought about Jackson? Unprepared, completely unprepared. I'm sure he's a great doctor. Oh, come on, unprepared? They say this about every Trump person. They said the same thing about Trump, and look, everything's going great. Yeah. <laughs> and here's my thing. In my opinion, anyone who has held Trump's scrotum while he coughs <laughs> is prepared for anything in this world. <laughs> yeah. But that's what I think. Like... <laughs> this guy... This guy has probed deeper into Trump than even Robert Mueller has. Don't ever forget that. But, but here's the thing, here's the thing. While fingering Donald Trump's prostate may sound like a joke, the Veteran Affairs Department does not. Democrats have questioned his seeming lack of experience heading a vast bureaucracy, the second largest federal government agency that serves and treats nearly nine million veterans as patients. Veterans Affairs has a budget of nearly $200 billion and, and boasts about 360,000 employees, assuming this role obviously uh, is, is no easy task. And managing a $200 billion a year organization is no small task. You realize that that's bigger than General Motors. Like, you wouldn't say, yo, my friend Ralphie's a great driver. I think he should run GM. Yeah, <laughs> he likes the cars. But that's basically what Trump does, right? He wants his personal pilots to run the FAA. Uh, for housing and urban development, he was like, yo, Ben Carson, you're urban, you work. <laughs> and now, for Veterans Affairs, Trump is like, he's my doctor, he's a veteran, I have affairs, it's perfect. <laughs> so perfect, so perfect, it works. Oh, and, and it turns out there's another, another Trumpy reason why he gave Dr. Jackson this job. White House officials tell CNN it's because the president was pleased with how Jackson handled questions, praising his health back in January. The president's overall health is excellent. I told the president that if he had a healthier diet over the last uh, 20 years, he might live to be 200 years old. He has incredibly good genes, and it's just the way God made him. This poor doctor, man. All he did was report that the president is healthy and Trump was like, my man, I'm gonna give you the hardest job ever. <laughs> this is basically a warning to anyone who works with Trump. You make him too happy and you will get punished promoted. <laughs> yeah, so be safe. Every time you tell him something good, make sure you add something bad just to balance it out. Like this doctor should have said, sir, you're super healthy, almost as healthy as Hillary Clinton. <laughs> then he'd be like, ooh, you're right in the middle, buddy. You're right in the middle. You're gonna stay where you are, cupping my scrotum. <laughs> But let's move on now to a crazy story. This is really a crazy story coming out of the United Kingdom. Uh, racists there have just penciled in something awful on the calendar. Security is being stepped up at mosques around Scotland next week in response to an internet campaign threatening violence against Muslims. Punish a Muslim day. It originated in London and lists several violent ways for people to take part. Activists are encouraging Muslims to be more aware of their surroundings on April 3rd. For more on this, we turn to Hassan Minaj, everybody! <laughs> Hassan. Honestly, man, I was, I was horrified when I heard about this disgusting campaign. So I imagine as a Muslim person, this must be deeply upsetting to you. <laughs> Actually, Trevor, I'm optimistic. I know it's scary, but they're proposing punish a Muslim day. Day, Trevor, one day. 
That's 364 days less than normal. I take that as a W, all right? Brown folks, listen to me, eyes here, all right? April 3rd, we all stay home, Amazon Prime, everything we need, catch up on some Peaky Blinders, then we walk outside April 4th, boom, Islamophobia, done. Yeah, over. No, Hassan. Done, done. No, no, Hassan, I, look, I hear what you're saying, I hear what you're saying, but still, you have to admit, that flyer is offensive. Look, I'm used to the hatred and bigotry, but you know what does offend me? The shitty graphic design, I mean, come on! The weird fonts, the random underlining. Are you pushing a race war or bingo night at a nursing home? I don't know. If you're going to be racist, just step your game up. Your poster looks horrible. The only part of Muslims you're punishing is our eyes, okay? And it's not just the garage sale flyer design that upsets me. I'm even more offended by the point system. The letter calling for an attack on Muslims on April the 3rd offers reward for attackers from 10 points for verbal abuse, 50 points for throwing acid, 1,000 points for bombing a mosque, and 2,500 points to nuke Mecca. Okay, that is disgusting. How is nuking Mecca only 2,500 points? <laughs> the scale makes no sense at all. What, like, yell at someone, punch someone, nuke a holy city? You really think? Someone is just sitting on a spare nuclear bomb like, you know, I wasn't gonna use this before, but for 2,500 points, I'm in. Yeah, but, and, and also, I mean, maybe I'm the only one thinking this, but where do people even redeem these points? Yeah, great question, Trevor. Is there just like a racist Chuck E. Cheese where you can cash them in for a finger trap and a tiny slinky? Because when I get one of those, I want to nuke a Chuck E. Cheese. So, okay, if, if I get this right, it feels like you're saying, Hassan, that these guys need to put more thought into their Punish a Muslim Day? Actually, Trevor, I'm here to tell whoever made this flyer, there's no point. Punish a Muslim Day has already been won. Wait, won by who? My dad. You want to talk about punishing Muslims? Najmi Minhaj has it on lock. I've been yelled at, 10 points. I've had shoes thrown at me, 50 points. Here's a true story, this is true, Trevor. At my high school graduation party, when I told my dad I wanted to be a comedian, he said the only thing funny about me was my SAT scores. He nuked my dreams, Trevor, 2,500 points. Game over. Hassan Minaj, everybody. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Daily Show. My guest tonight is an Oscar-nominated actor who stars in the new NBC series, Rise. Please welcome Rosie Perez. Welcome to the show. Thank you. This is so much fun having you here. I, I, I have danced to many of the moves you've created. Oh. I have tried to imitate your acting in many of the movies that you've been in. You, you do so many things, uh, actor, dancer, choreographer. Do you feel like this show that you're on now, Rise, is the perfect culmination of all of those talents? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and also, it's, it's my personal life meeting my professional life. In, in what the sense, In the sense that I co-founded a arts education charity right. um, 25 years ago. And we service about 15,000 kids a year. Right. And only at Title I schools, which means at or below the poverty I don't have to explain it to you. Your audience is educated! <laughs> All right! Uh, so, 
you know, when I read the script, I said, this is what I do anyway. Right. And um, so it was a beautiful thing. Right. So, so, so you, play, you play a teacher in this show who is, I guess, the head of the, the, the program, the arts program. But a lot of people were angry because they were like, no, she, she's not the head. She was supposed to be the head. And then her job gets taken away by some middle-aged white guy who just wanted the job. Exactly. People were really angry about that as if it wasn't like a, a fake show. They were like, Rosie Perez, why didn't you fight? <laughs> yeah, people were beyond angry. They were pissed the hell off. <laughs> and, and I loved that. Right. I really did. And I, I remember telling the uh, show creator, Jason Kanems, I said, you know, women are going to be angry. And this was prior to the Me Too movement. And he said, wow. really? I said, yeah. I mean, my character got passed over by a middle-aged, less qualified white guy. Hello. You know, people are going to be very angry. And, right. and when I saw it on social media, I was so happy. I was, I, I, seriously, I was happy by their anger because if they weren't angry, I was like, oh, my goodness, this nation is truly asleep. Right. And they're not. They're very woke. Yeah, so. pe people, people really connected with the story. And uh, you, you play this amazing teacher who, in many ways, as you said, is connected to you in real life. You've always been passionate about the arts. You've always been passionate about kids in school having access to arts yes. programs. Why is it so important in your eyes? It's important because we have lost the ability to imagine. We have lost the ability for critical thinking, for creative thinking, and that's what arts education provides to young students. Right. And we don't have that anymore. You know, I have a great organization. There are other few organizations out there, but we struggle. We have to fight for government funding, which has been cut severely with this current administration with right. that man. And, um... You know, and we have to go to corporate America and just regular folks to help us fund these programs. And I'll give you an example. They have the Regents exam in New York, in right. the tri-state area. You cannot graduate high school unless you pass the Regents exam, uh -huh. right? So um, we've had this student named Mikey. He failed it six times. He took our program in three weeks. He passed the Regents exam, and he went on to college. Oh, wow. You know, so, yeah. And, and the great thing about that program really wasn't just, you know, we took the core curriculum and broke it down in, into interactive play and songs and dance and all of that, but it was that he felt special. He felt part of a community. Right. And in the show Rise, they don't address arts education, but they do address the arts. And it's the same thing. This isn't a small town community, and it's allowing the, the kids in that high school feel a part of something. And that's very, very important. And if you want to add to the economic wheel, if you want to add to the bottom line of this nation, you have to invest in the kids, in their education, and in the arts. I want to argue with that. You, you are someone who's always been very passionate about causes that you feel don't get representation or need more attention. Most recently, we saw that passion expressed through the relief efforts uh, in Puerto Rico. Yeah. A lot of people went in, you know, headfirst into Puerto Rico and said, we're going to help, we, we, we're going to do whatever we want to do. And it feels like every now and again, people forget. People forget that the issue wasn't resolved overnight. What do you feel still needs to be done and what do you wish people knew about what's happening in Puerto Rico today? Well, first of all, Political came out with a great, great article, and I urge everyone to read it, about how disparaging the amount of funds the government 
gave to Puerto Rico. They gave an enormous amount of, of help and aid and military aid um, to Tuxis. But to Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands, we got shit. Right. You know? Seriously, we did. And, um, you know, and so people did rush to the island. Good Americans rushed to the island. Right, Even right, foreigners right. rushed to the island to try to help. And right now, 5% of the island still is without power. People are communi- committing suicide at a high, high rate because they are so desperate and despondent. And, you know, uh, my friend Ramon Rodriguez, along with Heart 9-11 and the Rockefeller Foundation and Today I'm Brave, we went down there to address the needs. And the number one need really was they needed a roof over their homes. Wow. Because the tarps only uh, lasted, I think it was 90 days, and they started to shred and break apart. And it's an island. It's a tropical island. You're still going to have storms. And even when we were down there building roofs, um, the storms did occur. And and it was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking watching this elderly woman, I think she was like in her 70s, with an umbrella in her living room. You know, and this is like, what? These are Americans, man. Right. Don't throw us paper towels. Give us help. You know, seriously. And it just, it broke my heart. It broke something in me. And it just burst open a fury. It's just like, wow, this is crazy. You know, and, and with, our, with that organization, with Heart 9-11, what we decided to do um, was create an apprentice program. So, you know, you could give a man a fish. You know, right. but if you teach him how to fish, he'll be okay. Right. You know, so that's what we're doing. We're teaching them carpentry, building homes, and, and we're going to extend that program if we get more money and more funding. You know, we wish it would come from our government, but we can't wait. Right. We can't wait because people are suffering. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're on the case. I'm glad people are still donating. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, man. I, I love appreciate the show. you so much. I love it. Thank you, Rise as Tuesdays at 9 p.m. on NBC. Rosie Perez, everybody. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.